That's a great Cannibal Corpse T-shirt, by the Pretty way. Pretty dope, hey. Mm. What's it? What's it mean? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is it? Is it just water or uh, blood? Milk. Uh, blood? I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume it's blood. Yogurt. Oh, oh it's yeah, very yeah. runny yogurt. I prefer a, a more viscous yogurt. Mm. Yeah, fair. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's not the insanely offensive Cannibal Corpse one with the. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Oh, with, with, with the nun. F- Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sadly, that one was out of stock. If you're dairy intolerant, uh, yeah, yeah. that one's all right. <laughs> all I wanted was a lousy letter or a call. I hope you know I tore up all your pictures off the wall. I loved you, Slim. We could have been together. <laughs> Think about it. You ruined it now. Uh- oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong meeting. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we are taking control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we sold her out and talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young. I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour. So joining me once again, it's Nathan Harrison. Thank you. It's Adam Buncher. Thank you. It's Andrew McDonald. Thanks, but... Yeah. But what? <laughs> but. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, comma, but. Yeah, yeah. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> However. Yeah. As, as per my last email. <laughs> as per my last email. There it is. It's got, mm. it's got nothing to it. What I, song was that, David, that you were just singing? It sounded quite nice. Oh, it's a pleasant song. I'm so glad that you asked. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, put my last email. <laughs> oh, very obvious. Yeah. Sorry. At number 35, it is the debut of Dido. This is Thank You. Oh my God, you reckon there's British people who call her Dido? Oh, like how Americans would say Bowie instead of Bowie? Who said Bowie? A lot of people. Oh, David no. Bowie? Oh, yeah. no. I don't like David Bowie. When people David say like Bowie? That, that pisses yeah. me off yeah. as well. I know some, I know, but I know some Brits do that. But like, no, Which makes me think there's definitely some Brits that say Dido. Mm. I mean, Nathan said yogurt earlier. That was borderline That's terrorism. Pres- <laughs> <laughs> That's how you say it. <laughs> no, it's not. It's yogurt. My <laughs> people invented yogurt. <laughs> I don't think that's true. All right, take, all right, Nathan's Nathan. Greek. All right, all right. Take a vitamin and calm down, all right? <laughs> Go use the urinal. <laughs> and don't be a pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> you should purchase yourself a dictionary. It'll save yourself a lot of embarrassment. True story. Oh, no. Oh, no. My tea's gone cold. I'm wondering why I got out of bed at all. The morning rain clouds up my window. I can't see it all Even if I could It'll all be great But your picture on my wall It reminds me That it's not so bad It's not so bad I drank too much last night Got bills to pay My head just feels in pain I missed the bus and they'll be Hell today Late for- 
was Dido making her first and final appearance in the history of the Triple J Hottest 100. We hardly knew you. Uh, that is her song, Thank You. It is the lead single from her debut solo album, No Angel. Now, you probably know the first four lines of this song for a very, very good reason. Uh, this song was, of course, famously sampled by one Marshall Mathers and t- turned into the obsessive fan ode Stan. Which is, yes, that's where we get the word. That's where we get the word Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a from com- Eminem. Yeah, from his initials, M and M. Eminem. Yeah. Now, little bit of backstory. Dido, uh, English, let's say adult contemporary, part of... This sort of chill out sound, the down tempo and like pleasant vocals. You can kind of see it stemming out of the rise of trip hop in the UK. So Mm, stuff like Porter's Head and um, Massive Attack particularly. So yeah, Dido's debut album comes out in the wake of that. And she also, of course, has ties to electronic music because her brother Rollo is one of the key members of Faithless who not long prior to this have had a few massive hits in the form of Insomnia and God is a DJ. Uh, so the oh Armstrong- God, Insomnia was this season. No, that was We Come One. Oh, We Come One was, was this yeah. season. Yeah. <laughs> we do come one. We, uh, bro, we do come one. We though. do come one though. Yeah, and we bro, do, bro, bro, for real. And that was so if long we, ago. If we, if we keep up this posting schedule, we come one stars. <laughs> <laughs> We will get no thank yous. We will get no thank yous. The sad pipe whistle. So, yeah, Dido's debut album, No Angel, comes out in the wake of that. It is a smash hit, uh, thanks to the success of both this and my personal favourite song from the record, a song called Here With Me, uh, which is the opening song in the record. It's the second single, and in my opinion is probably a better song. I feel like her like performance is a lot more emotive and stirring, and I like the arrangement a lot more. I feel like Eminem got away with the gold here. You know what I mean? Like, mm. somehow they found that little bit, and they changed the framework of this song being like, oh, I've had a shit day, but, you know, when I look at our connection, you know, like, there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, and turns it into basing your entire mood off this person, you know, this stand culture, this obsession. So, mm-hmm. you know, put your picture on my wall. It reminds me that it's not so bad. It's about the person in the picture yeah. rather than, oh, you know, like I've got good things going in my life, you know. So that got recons- this picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure it's a lovely picture. The rest of the song doesn't really take off from there. Like, I think the chorus is lovely, but yeah, I feel like... You know how on TikTok sometimes songs will get massive and it's just like, it's on the back of those 20 seconds and you listen yeah. to the rest of the song, it's just like, oh, the rest of the song doesn't really hold yeah. up to this like one bit that everyone's kind of latched onto. Who are these Fleawood Max? <laughs> <laughs> these absolute Why nobodies. do they like juice so much? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they barely mention the juice in the song. Yeah. <laughs> must be in the other part of the song. <laughs> like... There's some bunch of really weird production choices throughout this song. There's that whoop, whoop, whoop. It's like that's a kind of drum, right? That's a kind of like uh Yeah. Or it's that, a dude going whoop, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's one of the two. Dido's hype man. It's fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, easiest job in the world. Dido's hype man. Dido. <laughs> no. I won't go down with this shit. Put your hands up. I won't hey, hey. Hands up. I, if Fat Man Scoop all of a sudden decided here we he go, was, here we go now. That would rule. If you got a white flag, put your hands up. If you got a black flag, put your hands up. Who fucking enough? <laughs> I, I believe I am Dido. Actually, I mean, maybe when's when's this gonna wrap up, man? Like, it's, a, it's, it's a it's a Wednesday night. <laughs> Come on, it's half nine. Yeah. Got some yogurt at home. It needs finishing. Actually, oh. probably have to go do that. That legit sounds that like sounds a Dido horny. song. Like, got oh. some yogurt at home. What? <laughs> like you saying like, well, the way the fact that you said got some yogurt at home that needs finishing up. Like, <laughs> boy, at a stretch. Like, I think I think you're injecting up. horniness into that as opposed to how do you eat yogurt? <laughs> I, I, I want to point out, Dido literally has an album called Safe Trip Home. And like, oh. if that is not the most adult contemporary album. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like there not was... being threatened on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> there was this, this twinkle of like kinship that I saw in Nathan's eyes <laughs> when he said safe, safe trip, trip home. home. Who doesn't like that? <laughs> Followed up, of course, by the classic double album Comfy Evening on the Couch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bit long. Yeah. <laughs> double album, nice book and a cuppa. <laughs> God, the uh, percussion in this song is fucking nuts. Like everyone, there's like just like nice little acoustic guitar and like a nice little trip up beat and Dido going da 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 da, and you're like, oh, that's fine. And then some cunt on the bongos has just done <laughs> rack before they've gone in and got. This isn't Rosanna by Toto. Like fucking, you're at like a twelve, and I need you at like a three. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you know what? It actually with the the production, like in the first verse, like the M&M sample bit, it's the middle part of Paranoid Android. Oh, oh yeah, 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 and that part is the part that's the most engaging because this this is obviously just trip hop by way of mainstream pop music. Also, everybody knew this song. From Eminem before they heard Dido, yeah, mm. um, yeah, it, that it is came true. Out actually, before yeah. it. it came out before. Also, it was in in the the great movie Sliding Doors. Some oh really? my god, Bef- I forgot about yeah, Sliding Doors. Yeah, before Do- it was released as a single. So was it Gwyneth Paltrow? Was it? it yeah, was. Because yeah. mm. I remember her and being John Hannah. Is that his name? Ooh, Guy from the Mummy yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brendan yeah. Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes. Yeah. Sorry, Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Cuz I like the classic. Yeah. <laughs> Not even like a, a few months before 98 was when Sliding yeah, Doors came really? out and when yeah. it was released as a single on the wow. soundtrack. And I think it's yeah. weird that like yeah, so this song was in a soundtrack in 98, then this album got released in 2000. 2000. Mm. Stan also got released in 2000. And this is getting in the countdown in 2001 and Stan is not. Yeah. Is Isn't that weird yeah. for Triple J? It's even more noticeable because Stan was acclaimed as like one of the greatest hip hop songs of all time, probably like retrospectively, of course, by white people. <laughs> it's a not aggressive Eminem song. No, that yeah, has mm. such broad appeal. You yeah. type in like "Why didn't Stan get into the Triple J Hottest 100?" and you basically just get a several articles written by people being like, "Why didn't Stan get into the Triple J Hottest 100?" So you mean well, you think there's like probably a K-pop group called "Why Didn't" and like they're <laughs> a bunch of "Why Didn't Stans"? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a letter Y and, did, uh, yeah. and it didn't. Yeah. But it's like D N D T. Yeah. <laughs> and then like an eight. There's like 14 members. Yep. And they're all slaves. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking hell. But the J's were on to Eminem because they were playing My Name Is. Mm-hmm. But it also coincided with him being. You know, one of the most hated artists in the world, mm. which is so fascinating to me because in 2014, I went to see Eminem with a bunch of families surrounding yeah. me. Like that was that was yeah. the, that was the thing you did on Saturday. Mum, Dad, and the kids went to go see Eminem. His like Trump freestyle. Is oh, uh, the yeah, pro- I remember pro- that. One of the one of the worst things you could ever hear. It's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> got an awfully hot coffee pot. Should I smash it on his head? Probably not. Like just, yeah. just mm. absolute <laughs> FT garbage. It's like, sir, you are fifty-one years yeah, old. Fully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, he's the president. Don't disrespect the office. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> is it just, just me? trying to try to remember if I'm continuing a bit from like a couple of weeks ago when I pretended like I was a Trump guy now? Oh, or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark and McDonald. Good, good throwback. Yeah. <laughs> Reminding yeah, us yeah. of the. Yeah. Remember <laughs> last week when I was really dumb, guys? <laughs> <laughs> the listeners are all like, "Yeah, he was really dumb." Yeah. <laughs> I think it speaks volumes that we've been talking for about yeah. what twenty minutes now, and we've barely mentioned Dido. I think I think it's an interesting point that you make, though. Like that Eminem took the best part of the song yeah. and, the, and the rest of the real song is kind of like it doesn't add anything more to that I feel like using the same melody in kind of the verses but with the lyrics that she's chosen it feels kind of at odds like it doesn't quite fit even going back and listening to the stand sample in isolation there's something about I don't know maybe the way that it's reproduced in the context of that song or maybe it's just the ambi- the, like because it has like some rain sound effects mm. and stuff as well it just seems like a lot moodier a lot sadder a lot melancholic of course the context does a lot to help that as well but I think that like there's a an emotional richness and depth that is present in the sample that somehow when you elongate it when you stretch it out it, it becomes diluted you don't kind of get that potency quite as much so yeah like maybe it is a case of like less is more even even it's, just comparing like the sample to the song, not even like the Eminem song to this song, mm. or yeah. just that less is sharper. Maybe like I think, yeah, I, like I think in terms of an adult contemporary pop song, "Thank You" is he did well, incredible. Like and okay, yeah. and I don't think it's a surprise that it was no, it's, such. A it's, huge it's not a bad song. No, no, not at all. It's just it's weird that this is here instead of Sam. That's yeah. so weird. The um, dissonance that your brain experiences when you hear the start of this and then it doesn't go into M rapping <laughs> is still fucking jarring. And then there's no dear slim. There's no dear slim. Like, yeah. Once you hear, it's not so bad, you immediately Dude. start scribbling <laughs> wherever yeah. you are. Because the male always gets through. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it's um, really like that song is just basically about the, the failing of the postal system when you when you really get down to it. Truly, it? yeah. Well, I mean, the, the supply chain is all... That's sure. it. All yeah. the truckers and that. I mean, mm-hmm. gas prices the way they are today. Oh, yeah, boy. Hey, yeah. What could you expect? Truly. Yeah. We live in a society. Now, Do you know what Dido's yeah. real name is? Oh, no, sorry. Ooh, not, can not I her, guess? Not her, I shouldn't say her real name. Because uh, she's, it's Dido she's, Armstrong? Well, yeah. But her birth <laughs> That name, was a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> but on her birth certificate, Florian Cloud de Bonavale O'Malley Armstrong. God damn. Yeah. I'm glad she snapped it down to <laughs> Dido. <laughs> Her name just runs along the entire album cover like the Fiona Apple record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She talked about in interviews of like growing up with that name was actually pretty traumatic. It was like I got I got it's bullied a lot. It's a fucked name. I got bullied a lot. 
Yeah. yeah. So is Dido like a childhood nickname? Like, like Dido and Rollo were both they were, they were both kind of called that from a young age. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, Miley Cyrus was a similar situation. Do you know what Miley Cyrus's real name is? It's Miley Ray Cyrus. Yeah. No, no, no. That's what she went uh, ultimately <laughs> oh, okay, went right. by. Her birth name was Destiny Hope Cyrus. Oh, Des- Des- Destiny and Hope. That, that's classic fucking. Southern America bullshit. Oh, yeah. for real. Call, yeah, call, yeah, yeah. Calling your kid like sunshine or God or whatever. God. Early, early. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Imagine calling your kid God. That, that would be a hate's good bit. Oh, that would no. be an insanely this good is, bit. This is, this is my daughter. God. God. But yeah, so she got like the nickname Smiley as a kid, and then that became Smiley Miley, and then eventually became Miley. So, mm. and uh, ultimately, she ultimately yeah. changed her name to Miley Ray Cyrus. Same as people be having other names, man. She, they do they be. They love other names. They do oh, be having Fucking them, yeah. Pete Wentz's kid. <laughs> Pete Wentz's kid was Bronx Mowgli or something like that. That's like, sick. And the <laughs> worst part about that is that Pete Wentz is your dad. <laughs> <laughs> the entire internet has seen his dick. That's fine. <laughs> I've been the music That's stuff. the least embarrassing thing he's shown <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Uh, look, someone uh, out of the two of you wrote Sugar We're Going Down, right? It wasn't you. Thank God, my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Number 34, it's the return of Eskimo Joe. This is Who Sold Her Out? Find out after the break. Listen to Eskimo Joe with their song Who Sold Her Out? Coming in at number 34 in the Triple J Hottest 100 of 2001 from their album, their debut album, in fact, Girl. Now, hotly anticipated. Hotly anticipated, yes, indeed. We all love a girl. It is true. Now, Mm -hmm. can anyone guess? (laughs) (laughs) Is my mic on? (laughs) Does anyone have any guesses as to who sold her out? Adam? Uh, they did. Oh, surely it they wasn't. They did, correct. Oh, right. yeah. It's like, not Adam. No. <laughs> do you think when they say we, yeah, we sold her out, do you think it's, do you think they're saying, yes, we the band, as the three of us, Eskimo Joe, have personally sold her out? Or do, do you think they mean it more in like a royal we? Yeah, the royal we. I think it's all of us are responsible, <laughs> yeah. except Adam. We, yeah. Uh, holding, holding firm <laughs> we on are, that. We are responsible uh, as, as a society for yeah. selling her out. That'd be better. Because I don't know, I, I, if it's if it's just the band, what is it about? Like when a when a, when a singer refers to themselves in the first person, it's okay. Mm. But when a band refers to themselves as a we, it's kind of a little weird. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I can't yeah, think right? of that many we songs that well, like refer to the band. I think partially, I think it's like it breaks the fourth wall because when we're listening to a song, we're never imagining 
that a band isn't playing it necessarily. Like the lyrics are never about the band oh, playing the song. You know, there's a great one. Ah, I just realized a great one. Nathan will know exactly what I'm going to say. Of course, the Beach Boys, Wait. wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be nice when we are older? It's the Beach Boys singing to one woman. <laughs> <laughs> or singing to each other. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Yeah, we wouldn't that have to wait nice. so long. Um, yeah, we'll take it fast and then we'll take it slow yeah. in Kokomo. Yeah. They're talking about us, the yeah. Beach Boys. The Beach Boys. <laughs> the, Beach Boys. <laughs> the Beach Boys are a queer polycule. Yeah. And that's canon. <laughs> and that's, weren't most of them brothers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you have a problem. I just think it's interesting, that's all. If you're listening to this episode, just shoot us a list of the things that Andrew has defended <laughs> over the course of the episode so far. I am begging you to not send that list. <laughs> no, I think you should. I think that if you're the, listening right now, I think you should. I think you the, should. The healthiest thing for my brain for everyone really <laughs> is to not see or listen to this episode ever. So I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> this is what happens when we're in the afternoon. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actual counterpoint, Friends of Roms, we're going out tonight. I think the implication that it is the band who are going out that yes, night. Yes, that's mm. true. It is. That is true. And that's cool. I think, yeah, I think it's cool. Also, oh. hot take. Fucking good song. Great song. <laughs> Great song. Yeah. Do you guys like Friends of Rom? <laughs> it's never come up. I could I could hear myself saying that I like Friends, Friends of Rom. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a certain ring to <laughs> it. Over, on it? many podcast <laughs> episodes that have been recorded and <laughs> released. <laughs> I could hear that. Yes. Hmm. But this is indeed Eskimo Joe selling the titular her out. Yeah. And I don't quite know what that means. Am I the only one who just can't really pass that meaning? And I don't think I know either. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, I'll I'll wind back a little bit. This was kind of a really big deal at the time. This was, as you said, like, you know, Eskimo Joe's debut album. Before that, they had some releases. And of course, we've talked about them previously, this being the second single from that album, Mm. Girl. Um, And in the year that it was released, it was, uh, it came in at number three in a Triple J poll of top albums of 2001, just underneath Echolalia by Something for Kate and Watching Angels Men by Alex Lloyd. This was higher just than Is This It by The Strokes. Wow. So there was a lot of effort that the band put in to the creation of this album and to the direction that they set for themselves. Um, They famously kind of sat down, had a meeting and were very, very honest with one another and said like, here's where I think we are. Here are our strengths and our weaknesses as a band. And we need to, we want to kind of decide where we're going to go. They basically came to the conclusion that what they were doing were kind of like more along the line of novelty songs. And they didn't really see that having much of a trajectory from there. So they were like, cool, we need to, we need to do something a little bit different. I don't think novelty songs really... You can't out-regurgitate a regurgitator. I was, I was about to say regurgitator. <laughs> regurgitator are on the phone. They they want a word with your strategy because yeah. maybe not. Hey, So they're also one of the most popular acts of this countdown. They get three entries in, and that is equal to Tom York, something for Kate, The Strokes, and Muse, just for people who want to run the stats. Big deal. Yeah. And we're only just talking about them now, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Top end. yeah, top end, baby. That's right. So this is also, I should say, one of the classic examples of, you know, that we've all heard the story of when the label comes to the band and they're like, listen, you got to make us another hit. Yeah, we've got the album, but it doesn't have enough hits. Labels, Jeez. come on. Mm. So this song and the next song that we're going to be talking about by Eskimo Joe were both composed over a weekend as a response to that. And they came back with those songs. Really? Careful what you wish for, labels. Sometimes yeah. uh, you just might get it. Yeah. Mm. Bratty and obnoxious energy in a song mm. can sometimes be a really good thing. 
I think you listen to anything in the spectrum of punk and pop punk and you love to see a bit of bright. When it's indie rock that falls just a little bit too close on the side of twee, it kind of really doesn't work for me. And I think that is a little bit what's at play here. I think Cav's voice is in fine form. I, I, I even think that there is, it's not completely irredeemable. There are a few little moments where I do f- catch myself having a bit of fun in spite of myself. The little skip in Solder Out, that's a good hook. That's as much as I'm going to give it though. Because, <laughs> because otherwise, honestly, I get irked. This is bright when it needs to be. This serves the purposes of the Eskimo Joe wanted it to serve obviously it was a successful song and mm. it's a, a hit kind of thing like that um the songs the eskimo joe write are simply not for me and never have been so i'm never going to engage in them on any sort of pleasurable level but i completely see what they did with this song yeah and what they wanted to do they did it successfully i understand that there was an audience for that so maybe i was just being soft-hearted when I was writing my notes, but, like, I don't have too harsh critique because, like, this is just kind of dorky music to me. But yeah. for a mm. lot of people, it really engaged and it got this high. And if this is the kind of music the Eskimo Joe want to write, this is not a failure in any capacity. Like, they know exactly sure. what they wanted to fucking do and they did it. Yeah, I look, I 100% agree with that. But I think, if I'm honest, when I'm listening to this song, I'm either investing a lot of effort trying to enjoy it right or trying to ignore the things that i find irritating <laughs> yeah and i and it's i do put in that effort i yeah. do like it's, like it's like sex because yeah, yeah. because there is like <laughs> Go on. We just left is, my, is my mic on hello and, hello? I, and there is something about the song that makes me still go towards that effort but even as it's happening, I'm aware that I'm that I'm like this. I'm getting tired, and if you played the song enough times, I'd I would I'd crack. Yeah. Although like- I do I do like um, there was a music writer of the time called Ed Nimmervoll. Ed man. Yeah. Shouts out to the to the vol. <laughs> Not, the, not music quite. Vol. the music vol. The music vol. A vol digging uh, up a hole. Uh, he called it Beatles esque, and I think framing it in that way. It's so, very generous. It's not that bad. Take your pick. <laughs> yeah. Use either one of those types. I, I wrote down uh, bad Weezer, and I don't like Weezer. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> that tweet that went viral a little while ago, someone hit by a car. I, like, they were in the hospital, and I took a selfie, but he's like, I had to go to the hospital wearing a fucking Weezer shirt. <laughs> 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 well, if anyone's going to be thinking that the song's on the better side of okay. Hey, Deej. Moi? It's going to be yeah, Cuomo. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, sadly, tragically, we, Weezer have never toured with Eskimojo. Mm. Because they can't do that shit now because Weezer are off doing whatever the fuck they're doing. And Eskimojo, mm, shortly after this, turned into scarf-wearing, very surly adult men. And it's an interesting story what, what, what then happens after Girl because there was yeah. they didn't necessarily want to take that huge break, but there was, like a from what I understand, a whole bunch of label issues mm. that kind of forced them to. Um, and they describe kind of like hauling themselves away in Fremantle, in yeah. Perth, away from the music scene very importantly mm. and kind of like just like really refining the craft so when they do end up coming back for a song as a city they've got 
this far more mature sound and they've got like a lot more kind of interesting songwriting that they've kind of been developing in, in kind of isolation, well, you know? Well, you've got to take into context with bands like this and bands like Silverchair and bands like Jebediah and a lot of fucking bands that we've talked about is that all of them, even Grinspoon even, like a lot of these bands were formed when the band, with the band members were literal children. Yeah. Yeah. Just constantly being reminded of just like, hey, you know, that's that song you made when you were a child. That's the best thing you've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, and Daniel Johns get that, gets that to course. this day. He's fucking like 40 years old. And it's just like, you know, when you were 15, remember when you were 15? I'm 31. I don't want to be remembered of anything I did when I was 15. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, this, there's this interview um, that Roland S. Howard, may he rest in power, mm. conducted um, for the ABC in one of the last years of his life. Yeah. And they asked him if he would play Shivers, um, the early Boys Next Door song that Nick mm. Cave sang on, which was actually a Roland S. Howard composition, not yeah. a Nick Cave composition. Yeah, and, and which he is, was like, it's his signature song. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, a song that everyone song. covers. Yeah. Great fucking song. But like he was like saying this, he's like, man, like oh, I've made so much music since then, and mm. like you're asking about this song I wrote when I was 17, and now I'm like 51 and dying of cancer, and you want me to play a song I wrote 33 years ago? Mm. And I'm like, anyway, here's shivers. <laughs> but yes, no, no, but that's it. Because he's just like, well, I guess if it's something you want to fucking hear, gives a fuck anymore. Like Whoa. it would be so frustrating oh, to be man. one of those artists. Like even though, again, like no, as a non-Eskimo Joe fan, like if you are like into this kind of stuff that they did and later on they yeah. feel like they must feel like they've matured as artists because nobody wants they've gone crappier obviously yeah but like to have to reflect upon the fact that some of your fans are going to love the shit that you wrote when you were a teenager would be fucking and yeah, I think I mean like, at, this, at this point I also I guess I want to pause and say like yeah we look I'm criticizing the song I'm not at all criticizing or trying to discourage artists yeah no, yeah, yeah. no, no. but like I'm, I'm bringing this up because even at this point in their career making their debut album they're still trying to outrun sweater they're still trying to outrun ruby wednesday well, that's right yeah. you know yeah. like they're trying to move on from the slightly you know like bratty pop punk of like their early stuff into even this sort of stuff that they're doing on this this record, girl, like as yeah. you're going to hear on the next two songs, "Wake Up" and "Planet Earth," this is their first shot at maturity. Yeah, you know, like this is their first shot at like growing up in public and trying to figure out who they are now that they don't want to be the sweater band anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think honestly, in, in terms of like seeing that this as a bridging album, it checks out. Like they still manage to bring their fans with them and that it's fun, uh, a little bit carefree, but the songwriting has evolved a little bit beyond like the radio. What's the radio? Stereo? Turn up your stereo. Turn up. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, turn up. And the sweater song and, and those kinds of things. With that in mind, I think this is the perfect song to phase out. So this is their phasing out song of just like, we're still maintaining a little bit of the band that we were on Sweater and all that sort of stuff. But we're also trying to take that into a new direction. Like it's a slightly slower song, you know, the guitars are, you know, a bit more contrasting in nature between Stu doing that nice little arpeggio at the start yeah. into the... Oh, the guitars like, sound great. And yeah, while we're, while we're goes talking... into like the Pixies kind of thing, like the... Yeah. yeah. And while we're talking about producers, like I think it's worth noting that, and this is part of the reason I brought up that the band made such a concerted effort because yeah. when they first got 
got together with the producer for this album, there, there was fully this expectation from the label, from the producers, from the whole team that wasn't the band. It's like, oh, you're going to keep doing that novelty stuff that you're doing. You're going to bang out a pop rock album. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to do what it does or whatever. And they were like, well, this is kind of what we're thinking. And thankfully, they, you know, according to them, they were working with a producer who went, okay, cool. Let's make that album. Yeah. But and, cool. and, and mm. worked them really hard then to be like, if you're not being the novelty guys anymore, well, we're going to get to work and we're going to we're going to mm. do this. And that's really interesting because now Joel Quartermain, who is the drummer in Eskimo Joe, he's gone. He now lives in Melbourne and he works as a producer. He works mm. as an album producer for a lot of younger bands. Like he just worked with the, the band Columbus on their new EP. Mm-hmm. And like, he, yeah, he has his own studio in Melbourne and like, he is imparting his experience and his wisdom onto younger bands. And can I just say, I noticed that that is definitely, it seems to be a real thing with Perth bands giving back. Yeah, 100%. Like Jebediah, who we're also going to be talking about soon, are also quite famous for that, like, you know, talking to younger bands coming up in Perth and kind of like giving them a hand or whatever. And now he's like, so there must be something about when you are in a small pond like that. Although pond are pretty big. Hey. It's a joke. But good. It was good. That was a good joke. Solid joke. Andrew, did the you hear d- that? Yeah. The, the WA music scene is like really good. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's like, the thing. Because it's they, a little incestuous yeah. though. Yeah. A bit like the bass. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I said it was pretty good. <laughs> like partly just because like it's like one of those well-known things that like there's no poker machines in Western Australian bars. So like the purse music, like the WA music scene in general is just... Generally, there's, there's a reason that so many interesting and great bands yeah. come out of the Western state. Yep. So with that in mind, like I can definitely see why this song would get on your nerves, get on your nerves, get on your nerves, get on your nerves. But I can also kind of see what they were going for. And I love coming back to this record because, yeah, there's a certain naivete to it that I still am really drawn to. Even if we can easily clown or if you see that. Go Frank cry like one of the strangest phonetics in the history of Australian music. Like, where are your vowels, sir? <laughs> WA bands with weird lead singers. Like, uh, don't you know if we'll it. ever talk about any more of them. But uh, you uh, love it. <laughs> Go Dockers. It's the um. I know. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Fremantle. That's it. Yeah. Frio, baby. That's it. Adam the jock leaning up to his nerd friend Nathan being like, that's a football thing. <laughs> <laughs> At number 33, it's James. The return of James, nonetheless. This is getting away with it. Brackets all messed up. Are you aching for the blade? That's okay. We're insured Are you waking for the grave? That's okay We're insured We're getting away with it all, mister Getting away with it all, mister That's the living
their second and final appearance in the history of the Triple J Hottest 100, coming in at number 33 with the song Getting Away With It All Messed Up. Now, Nathan, Mm. cast your mind back to the summer of 1993. Everyone's doing a dance called The Funky Andrew. And we're <laughs> what we're listening to season one of Hottest One Hundred Ten Thousands. Oh uh, yeah, twenty thirteen, fourteen. I think. Don't, 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 I, like, I just, I'm, I'm begging. I'm pretty. You I'm pretty sure it was fourteen. Twenty fourteen was when we. Oh, started. that's cool then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so long ago. I like. I listened to Laid, the song we talked about, Laid. and I was just like. The skerrick of what is maybe a memory, like, really? <laughs> so, like oh, that was a big hit. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure at the time I was like, I'm not familiar with this song because yeah. yeah. I'm still not familiar with the song. <laughs> but I was like, ah, oh, I guess, I guess it's, I could imagine that we talked was about. It a, this. Was it a theme song for a TV show? Am no, I remembering well, that right? Well, wasn't it an ad? It would have oh been an ad. God, we, like we'd go and listen to the episode. Yeah. No, this is from season one. Yes. Mm. Then don't bother. But <laughs> so before we had mics. Here's, yeah, <laughs> literally. True. Quite literally. It is true. We're, all cra- we're all crowded yeah. around a Zoom. Like a, like uh. the, the inbuilt mic of a yeah. Zoom. Back yeah. in my day, Zoom <laughs> meant <laughs> a different thing. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> To give you an idea, dear listener, of how long it has been since James has had a hit, there is a line in this song that says, Dance Like John Travolta, which is a reference to a song to a movie that came out after Laid. So if they'd made that reference in 1993, no one would have got it because Pulp Fiction would not come out for another year. Surely he's talking about Saturday, Saturday, Saturday Night Fever. Fever which no. came out in that- what? The dancing scene with Uma Thurman. John Travolta famously got big by dancing heaps in Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, but in this, it's obviously a reference to Pulp Fiction. Is why, it, well, why, why is it obvious? Because that's the most recent thing. Saturday Night Fever is like fucking long gone but by this Saturday point. Saturday Night Fever His is... His whole career can, renaissance okay, is also based all right. on dancing. <laughs> we can all agree that John Travolta is a good dancer. Whoa, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Disco sucks Harrison. Yeah. No, Disco's great, just not what John did to him. <laughs> I'm with you. I think it's. Well, I'm not giving you an inch on that one. So this is off uh, James's eighth album, I think. Yes. Pleased to meet you. It, it's all right, I guess. I was surprised at how much I kind of liked it. I don't. The, the start turned me off a lot. Like just that voice being like, "So you want the blade?" Like it's a bit like, "All right, man, <laughs> dial yeah, it back." Bit James. performing arts school, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's got a real like anthemy build to it. Like that's the structure of the song, and I yeah. think sometimes that's like, I guess at this point. I don't know, but it feels like a well that has been gone to plenty. Mm. But the layers are kind of nice, and when everything sort of builds up with the drums and the guitar, and like it's it's pretty good. And like the whole getting away with it—that's living. Like the, there's something nice about that refrain. It's not bad. Yeah, I, I didn't love it, but I I think I warmed to it much more than I thought I would. Same here. I thought that like the fact that each subsequent verse and chorus repetition. And a new instrument was added, and then the strings came in, and then it gets a bit like heavier at the end, or anything like that. Like, there's something again, it's a very well, like, it's a very empty well, like, but, <laughs> it, but it still works. And there's something here that kind of feels like it's like a bad spiritualized song. <laughs> totally. I, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, there's a big oh, yeah. spiritualized vibe to it. But like, but like the worst spiritualized song is still a song I'm going to love. So, like, this is still pretty good. I was like, I was, I was quite surprised that yeah. I didn't I, mind this. I, I had a real, like, I know that, you know, obviously 
James had fans and yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like listening to this. I was like, I'm surprised they weren't bigger. Yeah, like it's they seem like a band that I wouldn't have been into, but that would have been. They're famously one of those bands that yeah. just like just like at the right in, time or whatever. In the early days, they were like the, the the press and like their label were just like these guys are going to be fucking it. Like they were one of those one of those guys, mm. and then they just weren't really apart from a couple of hits. James is too hard to Google. Yeah, <laughs> well, James, James Band. Terrible SEO. You got to go James yeah. Band. Yeah, and that'll mm. come up. Did you mean James Brown? <laughs> <laughs> James Brown. You're like, band. you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually did. I, that's yeah. yeah. Well, when has it ever been offered for you to listen to James Brown and you're like, no, thank you, I yeah. don't uh, want yeah. to listen. I to James want the Brown. instrumentals only. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good yeah, God. yeah. Um, he used to famously point at people on stage, and everyone thought it was like, oh, you're yeah, like rocking out. But no, he would point at them if they missed a note, and they would get their pay docked for that night. He not, was a, not he, cool. He like, was a not, hard ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he was not a fun man to work with. Yeah. Unless um, you were the guy bringing on the cape, you were fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of fun men to work with, uh, Brian Eno produced this, which is kind of interesting. Oh, also, right. sourpuss, yeah. Brian Eno. Yeah. Well, he also produced Laid. Oh, did he? He did. Right. Which I thought was very interesting. But I, I mean, like, I think it's magnificently it's, produced, so... Yeah. It was in, it was is in it anyone working done? with David, yes. Guess quite working Working with James. It's yep. quite, quite pleasant, yes. Man, those opening lyrics that you mentioned. Are you aching for the blade? That's okay, we're insured. That's some Radiohead-level cynicism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of here for that, yeah. though. Like, There's like a, a cynicism and irony it, to that. It's not so much the lyrics, it's the way... I think what Nathan's getting at is like it's the way that they're performed. It's very... Yeah. Which brings me on, on to... So, like, you mentioned that it reminded you of Spiritualized. My entire experience with this song was... I got a, as soon as it was on and the, the vocal started, I went, holy shit, who is this? Who does this remind me of? Future Islands. Oh. This would make a phenomenal Future Islands song. And then, of course, but that's a double-edged sword for me because now whenever I hear this song, I just like, well, I wish it was the Future Islands guy. I wish it was, I wish it was <laughs> Samuel. It would be way better if he was just pounding his chest and like oh stomping his foot through like the floor. I, I apologize for bringing up a band that is just like in not any way related to this if you don't yeah. know Future Islands. We're not going to be talking about them for seasons. But my like the vibe of this particular <laughs> episode is to be bringing uh, it's got yeah, a far reach yeah. that's but I just want him to do the the, the Samuel thing it's like yeah. so you're looking for the getting away with it yeah, oh yeah, yeah. well yeah, the, yeah that do, kind doing of, the insane growl and then just pulling his fist I out of there yeah. it would be a better Future Island song than it would be a James song that's that's the well, thing but like both the lead singer of James and the lead singer of Future Islands are both very dramatic, dramatic oh. like theatrical showmen you that's know it. they get up on stage and they perform you that's know? it and they God defend him they tethered to an instrument it's just <laughs> all this all the time you and if know? you and if you don't quite know uh, go, uh, go ahead and listen to uh, like Lighthouse by Future Islands and you'll get it and yeah. if you can just find some images of or like the footage of performance yeah um, uh, well uh. actually on that note there's a really great performance of this song from an uh, I think Glastonbury a little while ago a few years back and it's incredible to watch because you've got a lot of like old timers in the crowd people that obviously used to go see James back in the day they've like by this point, James has, like, split up and then reunited and come back to him, made another, like, fucking 12 records or whatever. So, like, there's six of them on stage. It's this big moment. They're playing this big song that everybody knows. And there's this one point where the singer, like, hops down off the stage and gets out onto the speaker and it's, like, projecting out to the crowd, like, all that sort of stuff. And you see a dad in the crowd with, like, a kid on his shoulders who's maybe, like, eight or nine or whatever. You know, this guy that has grown up 
with this band and is now showing it to his own child who is also like cheering and like dancing and on, on his dad's shoulders and like I'm so fascinated by when bands become intergenerational mm. like it really makes me appreciate the longevity of a band like James because like they they exist in such a bubble mm. like like the same with like Powderfinger here or like the Tragically Hip in Canada where they are like entities mm. within only their country mm. and nowhere else James would play like the O2 in London. They came here and they played the Metro, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like that yeah. is, that's a real coming down. Like to go from being an arena tour in the UK to doing like small yeah. theatres in Australia. But it's intergenerational kind of goes two ways, right? Because you've mm. got the direct inheritance. Your parents are into a band. They take you to that band. Probably not because they think you'll like it necessarily. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, couldn't find a sitter. <laughs> yeah, true. Or, or just, you know, Might like. Be cheaper. Why not? I could believe that there is a desire to share the things that you love yeah. with, with the kids that you're raising or whatever. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the, a beautiful share thing. Share the things you love with the kids you like. Yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the kids you tolerate. Yeah. The, the kids you have. The kids you cop. <laughs> What's more fascinating is when bands become intergenerational of their own kind of natural accord, just in the eddies of culture. And mm. I guess we're witnessing that with this song being in, what, 1993 to 2001 – have we passed a generational divide in the in the hottest one hundred? Like, Close surely I, I would wait just so there'd be, there'd be some turnover, right? Yeah. And you'd have to imagine that for it to get this high, either there's been a real rallying cry for those ninety three heads to come on <laughs> back in two thousand and one, stop those dang robots getting any higher in the countdown, because yeah. <laughs> you know real music. Yeah. It makes me wonder whether there has always been James in the Triple J culture that they just haven't had a big enough yeah, maybe. standard hit to, yeah. to kind of like really stick their flag down upon. Well, yeah, like I only know three James songs and two of them have been in the Hottest 100. So, yeah, you know. that's it. Well, yeah, I know two now. <laughs> yeah, I, I charitably know two. <laughs> I no. definitely know one. <laughs> Ask you next week. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to go down. <laughs> Uh, James but, Brown, you mean? Yeah, <laughs> I, ch- I charitably know someone called James. <laughs> right, you're paced <laughs> off an acquaintance, really. <laughs> At number thirty-two, it's Placebo with Special K. Mwah.
Placebo making their return to the Triple Giant Hottest 100 with the song Special K. Andrew. David. Yes, this is the third single from Placebo's third record, Black Market Music. By this point in Placebo's career, they are well and truly established as international rock stars. Brian Molko's weird androgynous horny self is Mm. so normalized that it's on daytime TV on video hits kind of thing. He's doing Oprah. It's, yeah. Well, hopefully well, not. But well, let's no. not get it twisted. Old, <laughs> old mate, bass player Stefan is also wildly uh, like androgynous. Oh yeah, as they're, well. they're, they're yeah. all they're all beautiful. Wildly freaks. on Oprah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would watch that. And this song is absolute for this era. This is quintessential placebo. Obviously. Oh man, this is an essential. No, yeah. No, nobody was going into this song being like, which song's that again? Yeah, this is the most important meal of the day. <laughs> yeah. Brian said that when he was writing the lyrics to this song, he wanted to explore the similarities between drug use and love, which is something mm. that's been explored many, many, many <laughs> times by many, 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 many artists. Just in- Brian in front of a whiteboard that has uh, drugs it's and it's love. He's like, hang on. Yeah. Wait something a second. Is. is there something here? Yeah. <laughs> If I'm like, oh, hello. Um, <laughs> Honey, hold my calls. <laughs> but I do think that he does a very, very good job with lyrics in this track. Especially, like, not only with, like, again, it has been plumbed many times. And last song we spoke about, I mentioned Spiritualized, and they do it. That's their bread and butter. <laughs> um, yes, it is. I'm um, talking about how being in love is also like being a drug addict. Um, mm-hmm. And they're both really cool. Um, <laughs> this shit rocks. Yeah. Or they're both really bad, depending on what day you're on, whatever. You know, Write it one. down, guys. Yeah. <laughs> make a note. Shit. Just make a note. Fuck, 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 fuck. fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, <laughs> right. um, but uh, like, there's something I really like about this. Just like, it's like there's no guesswork done with the lyrics. I mean, obviously, he's saying, like, so in love with this person, no escaping. Like gravity, like, yeah. Mm. Well, and that one I think is really good as well. I mean, no escaping mm. gravity because, like, if you've ever done like special cave reference to ketamine, uh, the horse tranquilizer drug, which you've ever if, if, if you've ever done it, let me tell you, there is truly no escaping gravity. Like, oh, it's a, like legitimate, like you, like you, like it's a no, like yeah, cat leg. Like, you, you can't walk. You stumble everywhere you go. You, you, you collapse. Somehow, really good for me. Couldn't get through a the sentence. The horses are really yeah. chill about it. <laughs> Could, yeah, super weird that a drug designed to put a horse <laughs> under anesthesia oh. makes a human a bit weird. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I think it does it really well. Shout out eh? ivermectin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like and like the band are in great form like the 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 chorus is so hooky like even like mm. it's so non it's not necessarily rare but like it's not a super common thing with like alternative music and particularly with placebo's track to have a hooky bit be like just actually be the do 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 that's not yeah. really a placebo tropes everywhere in this song absolutely <laughs> also i think the the i was surprised on this listen at, at like how much melody the bass was working i want to go back to andrew what you said about the the sing-songy but up bars yeah yeah i think that connects to an aesthetic that Placebo played with in a few other different songs of just kind of like this childlikeness. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, I I'm, I'm thinking, for example, of um, Pure Morning, how that was almost a nursery rhyme. Friend in need, a friend indeed. Mm. Basically. And I think Placebo are playing with such dark material in all of their songs by constantly 
having these callbacks to these more childish, innocent things. It's a reflection on that, on that loss of innocence, really, or or, or a desire to get back to that, or something mm. like that, or at least it, it it offers that as an invocation when you're listening to it, which I've always really appreciated with them. And whether you pick up on it consciously or kind of like subconsciously, you kind of feel that. And I think the other tension that they that they play with so so well, and especially with this song because it's it's a song about drug use and drug use going hand in hand with addiction. Yeah, and I think like you know the the addiction parallel to love, also being really prominent in a lot of recovery circles, in particular twelve step. You have this tenet about surrender, that you recognize your own powerlessness, and it's that giving way to it. Mm. And I think that that potentially is what could be connected to the phrase "no escaping gravity." You've got to just surrender. But I think that, that the movement into the chorus where it sings that line feels like a surrender to me. Mm. And so at the same time as you have this very tight, tightly held song, both musically and thematically, it's counterpointed and transitions to the surrender. If you don't like this song, you simply don't like placebo is the thing. <laughs> like yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. The great thing that of how... Brian's voice kind of fits in with the rest of the band is like, and, and not just in this song, is that it's all just about like being destabilized. Like, Ooh. like placebo, not that, yeah, I mean, I've only heard, not heard as much as some people. Sure, sure. But so much about being knocked off center by another person, by substances, by by your emotions or whatever. No, and it's just something about the like, the high pitch of, of Brian's voice and then but also the beat and the way everything just kind of fits. You just you just feel that. It's not like it's not a grounded song in any mm. way. It's about being knocked off center. He almost and yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. feel like he's commanding any agency. Totally. Yeah. That is where when you are properly desperately madly in love with someone, particularly in the early days of a relationship or even before a relationship, if you're falling for someone kind of thing like that, mm. yeah, those yeah, are yeah. feelings that you feel. You feel destabilized. You don't feel like you're walking on solid ground. And it's exactly the same with addiction, be it in like a direct 100% accurate way when you're doing ketamine or in a general way, if you are an addict of any yep. substance or any fucking or, thing. Or behavior. True. Yeah. Or behavior, yeah. yeah. Like you don't feel grounded in any capacity. And you're. Right. I think you're absolutely accurate. That like the way his vocals work is so, yeah, I don't know. Like he's... I fucking love Brian Mulgo to the end of the world. So whatever. Oh, how could you <laughs> not? Yeah. So good. I, I definitely, going back to this song, just went, oh, shit, placebo, good, hey. Yeah, yeah. fully, right, yeah. Really, After, like, really thing, I, like uh, um, I was doing prep for this episode last night, um, and after the idea, I did this first... Five songs prep, mm. and then immediately after this, before I did the second one, I listened to Black Market Music because I yeah, was like, ah, I got to Black Market Music now. Mm. Terrific rock and record. Yeah, 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 yeah. Almost weirdly, fittingly, I find it really, really hard when I get to listening to Placebo to stop. Yeah. Like, oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to me, you I would, like start binging on them. Oh, yeah. I, I fully had that exact experience when I'm listening. Whenever, whenever I think of like. I want to hear one Flaming Lips song. And then I'm like, well, now I've got to go And then back. suddenly you're calling up three of your mates yeah. to start putting in CDs into different players. That's it. And, it's and, a slippery slope. And you are the three mates. <laughs> We're here um, to listen to Zarika. Andrew, it's 3am. <laughs> Not again. And sometimes it is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Normalize 3am. Call, see your friends, listeners, Zarika. All right, Rob Thomas. Calm down. <laughs> oh, I do must be lonely. <laughs> At number 31, it's the return of Eskimo Joe. Back so soon. This is Planet Earth. I 
subject we all talk about It's called girls and how they work Last night while walking in the park A strange kind of thought occurred to me So I went to your house and told you Eskimo Joe making their sudden return. Where did you? What have they been up to yeah. in, in the time since we last? Yeah, in the two songs since we last spoke about them. That's the song Planet Earth, which was yet another single from their debut studio album, Girl. Uh, and I say, girl. Go- I say, girl, girl. Because, yeah, because they talk about girls and how they work uh, in this song. Again. Some wild phonetic choices. <laughs> mm. Some absolutely wildly ambitious phonetics on this one. I thought Robert Smith had some <laughs> oh, 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 oh in his, but fuck, Cav Templey. Robert walks so Cav could run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. No, we could walk so we could run. <laughs> this is, again... A symptom of Eskimo Joe's growing pains. It's them figuring out how to create a song that's a bit more subdued, a bit more reflective, you know, a bit more taking in the world around them, all that sort of stuff. Do you know who's the inspiration for this song? Uh, Planet Earth. I'm going to go out on a limb and say David Attenborough. No. Carl Sagan. Frankie Sinatra. Ah, mm. Frank Sinatra. Who? The guy whose son was on Future was on Family Guy a bunch of times. Family Guy, yes, yeah, yeah, Frank yeah. Sinatra his Jr. He, his yeah, yeah, dad, yeah, yeah his yeah, dad, yeah. 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 Um, was he? Is that a Frank yeah, Sinatra? Frank Sinatra, really? Frank Sinatra Jr. has been a recurring guest star oh, on man. Family Guy your, as himself. Your dad's Frank Sinatra and that's what you get? Yeah, man. <laughs> I, well, oh, I think dream. you also get a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's doing all right. Yeah, yeah he, but uh, apparently he was- hanging out with Meg. Yeah, no, apparently he was listening to, uh, to a Frank Sinatra song and uh, thinking someone should write a song where, about... Where did he live? <laughs> what planet did he live on? Just a Frank Sinatra song. And then he's like, anybody could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing a song. <laughs> Frank didn't write his own song, so it's even better. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what do, do you think? Do, 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 do. Yeah, like I understand that this song is obviously a bit naff and a bit like cloying because, like I said, they're still figuring it out. That said, I there's some very sweet little bits in here. Like I like the use of keys. Like some of the backing vocals, I think really works. Like the oh, and oh, and oh, so many. Like using that as kind of a hook works really well. I think Joel's drumming is really solid in this. I get how. This could be one of many songs that would get on your nerves, get on your nerves, get on your nerves, get on your nerves. But at the same time, this is a song that I grew up remembering and, you know, have a, a, a sentimental spot for in some way, shape or form. So I think I can see it in a slightly more positive light than what I'm assuming the rest of the room is going to be. But Adam... Yeah, you're going to throw it to me? Well... It looks like you've got something to say. Actually, it felt like you had something to say <laughs> because as soon as I said this is Eskimo Joe with Planet Earth, you loudly let out a sigh into the microphone. <laughs> An elongated sigh, if you will. 
You got caught. I'm not anti-Eskimo Joe. Good on him. Whatever. I think that that is maybe one of my least favorite opening lines to a song that I've ever heard. Is there anything more kind of odious than referring to girls as a collective followed by the line of how they work? I hate that. Like, nothing else in the song is as bad as that opening line. <laughs> I, but it I doesn't get think much that better. They're making. I don't know. I'd no, like I, to think irony? They, yeah, but. Like, well, I mean, like, I honestly think, like, yeah, in much the same way as the last song when I heard that they were doing a Beatles thing, when I heard that they were doing a Frankie thing here, I was like, oh, okay, like. If you're referencing the crooners, that's a, that's a kind of croonery kind of yeah. thing, I guess. I didn't like this. It did get in my head a lot, though. So I think you got to give it points for being catchy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- th- this to me is just a m- more boring version of the last one. Got all the same tropes of Eskimo Joe, but done with a like softer edge. And the last one was pretty soft edge. <laughs> it just it conjures a bunch of words for me and none of them are really that good. Like yeah. smug, cliched, like Sticky. it's it- <laughs> Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Frank that's a junior. Of course. Planet Earth. Planet Earth. <laughs> Stinky again. <laughs> yeah, it's just weirdly like it's playing up to something that just doesn't ring true for me. Yeah, it's kind of like lacking in awareness or, yeah. or whatever. Like, or just it just doesn't scan. It doesn't read. There's something about it that doesn't kind of. In terms of like being on the scale of irony versus sincerity, I don't know where to place it, and not in a good way. Sometimes that's in a good way. Yeah. This way, it's not in a good way. Um, Francis Greenslade is in the music video. He's though, indeed. So that's, yeah, he's that's kind of yeah. cool. How would I know Francis Greenslade? Uh, Sean McAuliffe's sidekick, long term oh. oh. collaborator. Yeah, so, but interesting um, that because we, we were saying that the two songs in this episode are the songs that the label was like, yeah. go, go back in there and get us a couple of hits. So, See? I don't know. Like Frankie did. Like Frankie. <laughs> Make like Frankie and get us some hits. <laughs> ah. no, I, do you mean Frankie or his dad? <laughs> <laughs> would be, and oh, would be is knowing don't. Frank Sinatra Jr., but not knowing Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, hey, I just found out Frank Sinatra's junior's dad is famous. He's also a singer. Yeah, <laughs> Frank was your Do dad you like a singer from- or something. <laughs> but again, again, I say, and I don't know. Maybe it's just my mood today. But mm. I'm not launching. I launched on that opening line. Yeah, and mm. I feel like there is a version of me that wants to launch. Well, because we we'll get stuck in. We're all getting softer in our it's, old age. It's I true. think we are. Yeah, I used we're, to, all, we're all still figuring out girls and how they work. Do you remember how fucking angry I used to get at songs? Me too. Yeah. yeah. Like, I like I'm proper really... saying, like, when, when if a song was ever in a commercial, that song is dead. Like, you did say that. Yeah. Like, I was like proper, and like, yeah. now I'm just like. We were like, Andrew. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. And, and you like, wouldn't. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, I'm standing up. I'm, you kept I'm, standing. Yeah. I'm, I'm going for a big walk, actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's how mad I am at, at song and ad. I hate song and ad. You it, did. It is a weird, um, I guess it's just like the product of Triple J, right? So like, because one of the things that Triple J does is support new Australian bands, you get really young bands like Eskimo Joe that are kind of getting heaps of support and heaps of radio play. And then... The end result is in a countdown of the best songs of the year, you have this next to Placebo. Yeah. And like, you know, if you jump forward to now, people thinking about 2001, I'm sure there's there's a bunch of people that grew up on this Eskimo Joe album. This is very well loved. Yeah. Girl is very well loved. But I think outside that circle, it's like no one would even think about that. It's a very very Australian thing. It's quite 
parochial would be a, a negative way of putting it. But it's just interesting. And of course, but, yeah. you know, context. We always talk about context, and I imagine that the song maybe hit a bit different when it was first released. Yeah, for reasons that like would be complicated to maybe unpick and explain. You got to remember, like the core demographic of Triple J listeners um, would definitely have uh, been like not only being like yeah. sixteen to twenty-four year olds, but also largely comprised of like straight white men. So like this like this wouldn't have like registered as being anything other than just like a fun song. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, I I like you know I go hard at that opening line because no, of it, course, it personally yeah, yeah. irks me. No, I, don't, yeah. I don't think no, it stands I'm, I'm, well, in yeah, yeah. for the whole song. No, of course I, not. There are yeah. other things I don't like about the song. <laughs> no, no, I believe you. No, yeah, I, don't, I, I, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> Sit got, down. <laughs> we've gotten so soft, you know. <laughs> Even, even then, you like you were talking. We like, you have to understand. It's like all this understanding. Yeah. All this reasoning. Oh, what is, what's happened to us? Can, what, what if next week we all got really mad about a song? We just, you know, we figure just it decide, out. Yeah. Just, just pick one. Just got mad about one. Just get super mad. Maybe. You know what? I think we can make some we, sort of arrangement. We haven't had a fuck this song in a long time. True. true. Yeah. Again, because we're all going soft. The pandemic, like you know. Oh, who's got uh, the energy? Yeah. 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 You know. Gas prices. Mm. Is a dank Cheeto in the White House? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. that's a good thing, remember? <laughs> I can't remember. Many, anymore, are saying, no. many are saying he's the greatest Cheeto. <laughs> a lot of people are saying that. Oh God. I don't know. Uh, look, it's, it's a stinker. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's but it's not like but worth like beating up a bunch of kids over. No. And if someone was like, I really like that song, I'm like, cool. Exactly, I would. I would be like that. Compared to like- I prefer the planet. uh, Little things. Mm. Like, that's an actual, like, that's a fucking terrible song. This this song is just like- Yeah, spoiler alert, this is not my chump. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's find out now, shall we? (laughs) And my new chump. (laughs) (laughs) That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. Before we get out of here, we are going to pick our favourites, our least favourites, and continue that ever-continuing story of carry over champ and carry over chump. Nathan, Mm. you're a good guy at sports. You can go first. Ah, Yes. Uh, My favourite song this week is Placebo, Special K. My least favourite song is Eskimo Joe, Who Sold Her Out. But my champ and chump will remain unchanged. Fair play. Uh, I'm going to go with Special K for my favourite this week. And you know what? I reckon I might champ it because it's Woo! a fucking... It's a great song. Uh, it's a great song. I had quite a turnover. Mm. You. With yeah. You, with your champs. Yeah. Sharing the love. Sharing the love. Preach. Absolutely. Nice. Appreciate it. Why not? Yeah. This is actually, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's sponsored content. I'm doing it to promote the album. Oh, I wish yeah. it was sponsored content. <laughs> New placebo album, out now. God, buy, buy it, it buy just it, buy kick it. us some dollars. Yeah. 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 You can. It would mean nothing to you. <laughs> and everything give us to us. A couple of grand, you know? <laughs> he could do it. He could we'll do give, it. Give oh us some God. grands. Yeah. When was the last time you tweeted at Elon Musk, Andrew? <laughs> I think I'm blocked by him by now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, but you're not blocked by XY73112 yeah, no. or whatever the fuck the baby's called. So get I in. Think, I think, no, you know I'm not because I, I did tweet it in the other day when he, he tweeted saying um, free speech is important to any functioning democracy. Does Twitter allow free speech? Yes or no? And it was a poll kind of thing like that. And I replied to him saying die on Mars. So... <laughs> Well, he's not giving us. So he's pretty soft with the block, I guess. He's not giving us money, I suppose. No. All right. 
do you, are you in contact on, on Twitter regularly with any other billionaires in a positive way? Mm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> my favourite this week uh, was also the Placebo Special K. Terrific song. My champ remains 15 feet of pure white snow. My least favourite was Eskimo Joe, Planet Earth. But as just said before, it's nowhere near the stinker that is little things. Uh, look, my, my favourite for this episode is Comfortably Special K. I really didn't like Planet Earth. Yeah. Love the planet. Mm. Great planet. Love the love show. The mm. Great show. Love the, love the show. Love the show mainly because it is about the planet, which mm. I love. Love also. the Duran Duran song. Yeah, there's lots of... This is Planet Earth. Okay. But the Eskimo Joe song. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. Is like compound chumping... Do chumps compound? Because if so, I'm being very mean <laughs> to Super. <laughs> All right. No, you're just saying that no it's song your least so favorite, far yeah. has, has been worse than that. Has been stinkier. <sighs> Do I do it just for variety's sake? I don't know, man. Just why not? That, why not? Wow. Just why? Just why, why bloody not? Just why, why bloody say? not? Just Treat why yourself. bloody not? You know, don't hold on to hate. Switch it up. Mm. <laughs> Change the things Change you hate. The thing to hate regularly. Yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes you got to hate like, like I yeah. don't know, green caps come on a pizza, mm. and sometimes you got to hate Clive Palmer ads on YouTube all the time. Yeah. These are your top two. No, they're, they're, they're just two. <laughs> just, just two things. Just yeah. a humble two. Mm. <laughs> Two things that Andrew doesn't like. Yeah. Amidst, you know, so you can put those down uh, against all the other things that he said he is for in this episode. I hope you don't keep track. <laughs> Looking forward to a very embarrassing .xls file. <laughs> right next to Wilson Brothers threesome .docx. Oh, Lord. Wouldn't it be nice? Aruba, Jamaica, on behalf of Nathan Harrison. Bye. Adam Butcher. Bye. And Andrew McDonald. I'm not a big incest guy. Let's nip that one in the fucking bar. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> My name is Brian Wilson. Everything is good for you. Ba 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 ba. <laughs> <laughs>